G'day Sports by Fry fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast. I am here to discuss AFL Fantasy and present to you the Sports by Fry Fantasy Finals Primer. This is a tradition that I think I'm going to keep up. I started it last year and I did it again this year. It's a big, huge preview of the Fantasy Finals because there's only one month left in the fantasy season. A lot of coaches out there are vying for a league title or still a relevant rank. So the last month of the season is extremely important and investing in the right players can be the difference between having bragging rights over your mates and ending the year disappointingly. So I'll discuss a little bit of the round 20 team selection news off the top and then I'll dive into the fantasy finals primer. Best piece of advice would be to read the article. I'll throw the link to that in this podcast description, but I'm just going to skim over some of the big topics that I talked about in that piece and some things that you should consider for the final month of the fantasy footy season. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Touching on the team selection news briefly, there wasn't a hell of a lot that was uh, caught us off guard on Thursday night, I don't reckon. Uh, most of the things held to form. There weren't any curveballs and any real glaring omissions that hurt a lot of fantasy coaches. North and Hawthorne didn't make any relevant fantasy changes. Essendon and Port Adelaide, similarly really, unless you're rocking with Scott Lysett, he's been dropped by the power. Peter Laddams coming in is very important to note though, because a lot of people might be rocking with Max Gorn. I'll talk about him a bit later, but he could be a potential ruck downgrade target. Just uh, keep your eye on him. Joel Garner out for the power might hurt a few benches, including mine. Nothing too pressing from GWS and Sydney's team selection. James Rose comes back, which might boost some forward benches out there for coaches. We've got a debutant in the Frio Geelong game. Jason Carter, a 170k mid defender, will be making making his debut for the Dockers. He's averaged 63 from his 14 waffle games. Still a teenager, so I probably wouldn't expect much more than a 50 or a 60, but I think he should get a couple of games to end the year. Hopefully, uh, with Luke Ryan injured, that means that he has, and Nathan Wilson as well, that means there's an opportunity for him there. Brett Bewley was dropped from Frio's outfit, which might hurt your bench. So if you want to go from Bewley to Carter, that can save you off the dome. I think it's about 160, 150 grand. So that could be very interesting. In the other games, we've got Adelaide and St Kilda clashing. Nothing too fantasy pressing, although Betts and Gibbs returning will be very good for the Crows. That shapes like the round of the uh, the match of the round, in my opinion. Kyle Dunkley will be coming back for Melbourne, so that is very helpful. But Braden Proust coming in does have alarm bells ringing for Max Gorn owners. Maybe this means Gorn could be a late out. There were some questions over his health and his suspect ankle throughout the week, and Proust's uh, what's the word, presence in the side isn't great for Max Gorn's potential ceiling. I'm not too worried, but yeah, that's something to definitely uh, keep your eye on. Hopefully, we'll still see Big Maximus get up and feature heavily against the Tigers. Richmond has left two injured players out of their team. Trent Cotchin we already knew about, but Sydney's stack was a bit of a bummer. He hurt his calf at training only a couple of hours after signing a contract extension. So, unfortunately, that means I'll have to chop Sydney's stack. He'll be the first bloke who gets an invite to the end of season footy trip but uh, yeah he's got to go because he's going to miss a few weeks I think with this calf. From Collingwood and the Gold Coast game 
Isaac Quainor is out. Jordan Degoe might hurt some draft coaches. They're still going to finalise their teams later on Friday because that is a Sunday game. Similar with Carlton and West Coast. No outs for them yet, but West Coast has said Shannon Hearn will play. It'll be interesting to see if Francis Watson holds his spot. Hugh Goddard is someone I have my eye on for the Blues. I don't think he'll come into their side. They probably won't want to make too many changes to a winning outfit. And finally, Brisbane versus the Bulldogs. The only out between that game at the moment is Dale Morris. Jordan Sweet, again named as an emergency, but I don't think he'll feature heavily in round 20. Those were the only relevant things, really, from the round 20 team selection. Just a quick insight. My moves, I think I'm going to be getting Carter for Brett Bewley, and then I'm going to load up Dockers-wise and trade Sydney Stack to Connor Blakely. That helps me pocket about 150 grand. Can't get rid of Zebel this week, but maybe I'll be able to move him on next week. All right, diving into the Fantasy Finals Primer. So, again, best piece of advice would be to read the article, but... I talked about a few different things there. The first thing I touched on was form players. So I think, obviously, priority number one for fantasy coaches in the next month is to maximise points on your field. So getting your hands on the likes of Josh Dunkley, Lockie Whitfield, Brody Grundy, if for some reason you don't have him. Those big-name stars, Adam Trelaw falls into this basket as well, even though Taylor Adams's uh, appearance in the team does. Oh, I didn't mention that. He's back in for... Uh, the pies, but his presence might hurt Trelaw, but I don't think we need to worry too much about that. But those big names, those big fish, I think is what you need in your fantasy lineup. If you want to chase just the form players, though, you can't really go past the form of Dane Zorko at the moment. Since the bye, the polarizing Brisbane Lions gun is averaging 117 points. It is worth noting, though, he does have some tough matchups against the fantasy footy factory this weekend in the Bulldogs. And then he's got Geelong and Richmond in the last fortnight of the year. So it does come with a little bit of risk, and that's one of the reasons why I suggest keeping uh, one close eye on Lockie Neal if you're an owner. You might want to get aggressive and flick him out if he keeps sucking. Riley O'Brien has had a fantasy season for the ages, and he is one of the form players. I think if he can hold off Sam Jacobs, he could really dominate and lead some more 130, 140 outings to close the season. Up forward, Toby Green is arguably the form, fantasy form player in the comp right now. He's thriving with more midfield minutes, and while trading with him may come with some risk if Josh Kelly returns, I don't think we need to overthink this one. With Camilio out, Green should still feature in the midfield for quite a bit of time, so I think investing in him if you're chasing a forward is definitely a smart manoeuvre. One big thing coaches will be chasing over the final month of the season is some unique fantasy players, some pods as they're commonly known, players of difference. And I highlighted a few in my article, some are more popular names that you've heard of before, others not so much. The first bloke I gave a pump up to was Dion Prestia, who somewhat surprisingly has gone 110 plus in four of his last five games. So while it doesn't sound like he's got an amazing ceiling, that consistency is something that's definitely got me keeping an eye on Prestia. Richmond's hitting their stride at the right time of year, so we could see Prestia be very fantasy relevant over the final month. Similar can be said for Elliot Yo and Dom Sheed, two lesser-owned Eagles, I guess you could say. Shuey and Gaff tend to get a lot more of the spotlight 
than those two, but there's nothing wrong with investing in Shui and or, uh, sorry, in Yo and or Sheed. I think those two guys offer a lot of upside with the tackles and marks that they rack up. So I'd tend to lean towards one of those guys over Shui or Gaff, but honestly, investing in any of those Eagles, given their cushy fantasy fixture on the horizon, is a pretty good dice roll in my opinion. A lot of people will probably have completed midfields though, so you'll be chasing a defender or a forward pod if that's the case. I think you need to keep your eye on Caleb Daniel. He's probably going to decline a little bit more in value after a couple of subpar performances since coming back from injury, but I still think he can keep his average over 90, maybe closer to 95 or 100, and be in top six contention in either of the lines, defense or forward, so his versatility is very handy. Keep your eye on him. Another bloke down back that I like is Christian Salem. Been one of the lone bright sparks for Melbourne in their disappointing year. Only in 6% of teams, so he could be someone that you might want to upgrade for an underperformer like Sicily or someone else. In the forward line, I think it's worth keeping your eye on Tom Lynch. Year in, year out, he doesn't get a lot of fantasy credit. He's only in 1% of teams, but he's always good for a couple of goals, a couple of marks, plenty of the footy when he's healthy. He's only played 12 games this year, which has hurt his numbers and his output, but he is priced at 668 so he's not super cheap either but I think he's worth it I think if you want a unique bloke that is where you need to steer finally the last unique bloke I want to talk about is Josh Kelly he's still only in 3.7% of teams and priced at 850k you're going to have to rob a bank if you want to get him in your side but in the fantasy potential fantasy grand final, he will be going up against the Gold Coast Suns. So keeping a little bit of coin saved aside to potentially snag Kelly when he's back isn't a terrible idea at all. The next point in my article I made talked about some unique captain options. Now, before I give my left of field captain picks, I still think the smartest route is to read Calvin's captains, the weekly piece on dreamteamtalk.com. He digs through all the numbers and knows the ins and outs of this topic much better than I. However, if you want to go unique and hope for a big payoff, here are some of the best options I've highlighted in the last few rounds. So, in no particular order, this week I'm looking at someone like Dustin Martin, Seb Ross, and Elliot Yo. Three, I wouldn't say prime midfielders, but they aren't in a lot of teams. Dusty's ownership is quite high, but Ross and Yo especially are unique, so in their fantasy-friendly matchups, you might want to take a punt on them. Round 21, I highlighted Mitch Duncan, Dane Zorko, and Toby Green. Toby Green does come with an asterisk, because by this time, Josh Kelly might be back in the Giants' outfit, and if that's the case, I think Kelly could also be a unique captain choice, but it might be a little bit too risky going for Green with Josh Kelly in, especially if we haven't seen the two play together and we don't really know what role Green will play. Round 22, I highlighted Tom Rockliffe, Jaeger O'Meara, and Zach Merritt. Three players that have been in coaches' good and bad books this fantasy season. Plenty of roller coaster output from those two, but I think if you're hanging around with those three in round 22, they could be very big payoffs. Finally, for the last round of the fantasy season in potential grand final formats, I went with Riley O'Brien, Jake Lloyd, and Luke Shuey. Shuey is a severe dice roll, and I think he needs to pick up his form against Carlton and Adelaide in the next fortnight, which I'm tipping him to do. 
and that's why I've got him in this uh, bracket. But Jake Lloyd and Riley O'Brien especially are two awesome matchups. I think if ROB keeps his spot, he'll be good for a 110 in this match, hopefully closer to 120. And Jake Lloyd, hopefully with Dane Rampey out this week, he'll go back and thrive having a lot of those kickouts and kick, being in that high mark kick role for the Swans. If he can keep doing that, round 23 could see him be a huge scorer. I won't dive through all of these head-to-head matchups, but I highlighted a few of them in my article. The first one I talked about was the battle for R2, and I looked at Max Gorn, Riley O'Brien, and Rowan Marshall. Now that Braden Pruce has been named, there is some doubt over Max's potential ceiling to close out the year, and let's be honest, Pruce deserves his spot in Melbourne's side. He had a whopping score in the VFL. I think it was over 180 from memory, so there is some doubt surrounding him. Riley O'Brien isn't set in stone to hold out Adelaide's ruck spot. If they start to lose and he starts to struggle, they might want to throw Sam Jacobs into the mix to maybe reinvigorate their finals chase. Rowan Marshall, I think with his DPP, is a prime trade target, but It's a very tricky one, and honestly, it's pretty close between these three. If you're rocking with one of them, I probably wouldn't trade one of them for another. But if you don't have any of those three, I'd probably rank Max at the top of the food chain, a smidge over Rowan Marshall, who, again, is probably a smidge over Riley O'Brien. The next one I want to talk about is Seb Ross versus Patrick Cripps. So both these blokes were fantasy stars last year, averaged near the 110 mark, and they're now priced in the low 600k bracket due to some uh, lackluster form, a bit of polarizing output. But after 140s on the weekend, both of them are looming as severe upgrades in your midfield. If you're chasing one of your, maybe you've got a Dylan Clark or a Will Snelling type and you want to get someone to complete your midfield, chasing Rob's uh, Ross or Cripps is a wise manoeuvre. I think I'm going to side with the Bullocking Blue in Patrick Cripps though, mainly because he's been a little bit more consistent this year. However, Seb Ross I think can be trusted in the fantasy finals and might be a very unique op trade target. So they're both good options, but I think Cripps gets the nod over Ross for me. In the fantasy finals primer, I asked coaches to hit me up with their questions and a few people fired them out to me. So I'll skim through a few of them. The first one came via Campbell who asked whether we should hold Lockie Neal. I talked about Brisbane's potential matchups when I touched on Dane Zorko as a form target, but Lockie Neal hasn't been amazing since the buys and I think it's wise to be a bit aggressive with your trades in the final month. However, he does have the Gold Coast Suns in a fortnight's time and this week's got the Bulldogs. So I think it's wise to keep him for those two games. Give him another chance. He deserves it. He's got a pretty good fantasy reputation, but if he underperforms in those next two matchups, it pays to try and trade him out and chase another target. Mad as Mel asked me if I think the Saints fantasy game is the real deal, and I said in a few words, yeah, pretty much. Since Brat, Brett Ratten rather has taken the head coaching reins at Docklands, I think St Kilda has kind of sparked to life from a fantasy perspective. In the last three weeks, they're one of the best fantasy sides. I think they're fourth or fifth for points scored from memory. We've seen Seb Ross put up big numbers. Hunter Clark is emerging as a great target. A lot of people have jumped on the bandwagon, myself included. People are now chasing Rowan Marshall or Jack Billings to complete their forward line or their ruck spots and midfield if you want to look at Billings there. So I do think the Saints are the real deal and they have some pretty juicy matchups over the rest of the season. Three of their four opponents won't be playing in the finals and Adelaide quickly could be the fourth club joining that record. So I definitely think that's a good uh, point to make. St Kilda is the real deal. 
Nick Parator asks Zebel and Dylan Clark to either Toby Green and Rocky or Dusty and Yo. Pretty good question, and getting rid of Dylan Clark and Jack Zebel will be a great feeling. Lucky bastard, but I don't think uh, it's wise to go for Green and Rocky, only because they both come with potentially a little bit of risk. I know Yoey and Dusty haven't exactly uh, emerged as the must-have trade targets, but getting both of them could pay dividends over the final month of the season. The Tigers and Eagles are in good form and are in the hunt for a top four, maybe even top two finish, so getting two good fantasy players in two really in-form AFL teams is a smart manoeuvre. I have doubts over the Giants and Power, and Green, while I still think he's a good investment, could be impacted by Josh Kelly, and Tom Rockliffe has been a roller coaster all year, so I think that's a pretty easy pick in the end. Dusty and Yo gets the nod. Finally, I talked about some last-minute advice for the fantasy finals. I did do a little bit of a recap through my team and talked about where I went wrong. I'm ranked uh, 17,623rd heading into the fantasy finals, so to say that 2019 hasn't gone according to plan is a severe understatement, but I think it was my starting team that really let me down. Throughout the year, I've had as many injury issues as other coaches, but nothing too severe, let's be honest. I traded Whitfield in when he broke his collarbone, but everyone's got these sob stories, so I'm not going to say that my team got severely struck down, but I was ranked 22,000th after round one, and I invested in players like Isaac Heaney, Matt Crouch, and Alex Witherden to start the year, and I did have my eyes on other blokes like Tim Kelly, Lockie Whitfield, and Adam Trelaw. So if I had have gone that route, things might have been very different, but hindsight's a powerful tool, so hopefully I can do something to at least end my season on a high note. Speaking of ending your season on a high note, I think it's wise to, while it's important to generate cash, start to look at not punting a couple of bench spots, I don't like that word, but if you've got multiple playing emergencies in one line, trading one of them out to a 170k bloke, Jason Carter's a prime example this week, of someone who could earn you a little bit of money, maybe provide you a score or two if injury strikes and you have a laid out, is a smart manoeuvre, but you have to maximise the money in the bank and your points on your field. So if you're being a bit aggressive and rolling the dice, trading out some of these guys, I think it could pay off in the long run. It is important to have a playing emergency in all or most lines, and that's where I'd advise steering your trades over the next few weeks, but... It's also worth looking into what you want out of the last month of the fantasy season. If you are in a league where you've secured a top four spot and you've got a double chance, you might want to do a double downgrade trade this week to get money and hope that your team can get you over the line. Maybe you want to be chasing a unique player that your opponent doesn't have. So every example on every matchup is going to be a different circumstance. As always, you can ask me any questions you want by hitting me up on whatever form of social media, but... Most importantly, have a little bit of fun over the final month of the season. I traded in Hunter Clark last week. I went for a dice roll and got shooey a few weeks ago. My team is kind of trash and my season's down the toilet. So if you're in a similar boat to me, have some fun. I'm trading in two Dockers as a Frio fan this week, so that'll be nice to watch. And I think if you do go for some of these unique dice rolls and thinking outside the box, it could just see you walk away with a nice shiny car, dare to dream, a nice hat, or maybe even a fantasy league trophy. That's all I've got for this podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. Good luck for round 20 and for the fantasy finals. I'll be back early next week doing my round wrap-up. JLo and I will be doing a Sunday sit-down this week. Life got in the way, and I'll be honest, there wasn't a hell of a lot to talk about apart from two depressing fantasy outfits this weekend just gone. So we'll be back doing that on Sunday. 
Tons of pieces coming out on sportsbyfry.com. A couple of NBA ones. Ramping up my NFL fantasy production as well. So make sure you don't miss any of that. But until next time, thanks again for tuning in. Peace. Peace.